yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music on the air and in your ear. And once again, I am Martin, and I have with me the king of the casters, Mr. Brett Podcast. Brett, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing fine. And you know why I'm doing fine? No, tell me. It's because we have an awesome guest. And I love having awesome guests. But in this case, uh, we are truly pleased to be welcoming Simon Daniels, the lead singer and guitarist for Autograph. And we've been a fan of Autograph for a long time, being a fan of Simon for actually a long time too, way, way back in the jailhouse days. So Simon, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And I appreciate all the kind words. Well, it's, uh, it is truly um, a pleasure for us to have you on the show. Like I say, I mean, we've been listening to your music for quite a long time so it's nice to be able to finally catch up with you i'm here i'm an open book excellent well autographs new release is called beyond that's coming out november 18th it's a, it's a wonderful album i mean and a wonderful tribute to randy who uh we we did have the pleasure of talking to um just after the last album but uh you know <laughs> so it was such a tragedy to hear of his passing yes uh, it was, uh, you know, he, you know, we had the album done, uh, you know, he was super excited about it, uh, came to L.A., uh, did, did, you know, did the, this, all his tracks here, we worked on the, the production, and uh, album uh, artwork was done, credits, everything, uh, including the name Beyond. Uh, that was actually one of his picks for, you know, within the name, we wanted to have a name that would sort of like give the the idea that you know of carrying it on into the unknown of the future and kind of thing and so um uh and then uh one weekend he went to new orleans with his wife and um and then he had a cardiac arrest and you know he he had a, he had had problems before but it was very very uh unpredictable and he you know he was so excited about the album and uh and it was something that uh really shocking um and so obviously we, we decided to dedicate the album to him and, and, and the tour and everything that we're doing. This is for, so to, to Randy, Randy is my best friend for the last nine years. Um, so it was a, to me, it was more than a, a band member and uh, he lives on in the music. So is it kind of bittersweet doing, doing the shows then without him? I mean, like sad because he's not there, but sweet just because at least you know that you're that you're carrying on the legacy. Yes, to a certain yes, because I have you know I think we've done six or seven shows since then. We have we have a guy filling in for us, which is wonderful guy Steve Unger from Metal Church, uh, and uh, you, you know it's it's working out well. Uh, but uh, you know after nine nine years of being used to looking at the, my left on the stage and seeing him and and joking at soundcheck and then all the you know inside jokes and all this. You, you feel a heavy heart sometimes when, when you're there. But I kind of feel like presence, like when we play live, I just feel his presence, and especially because I dedicate, you know, I, made, I do a dedication to him in every show. Uh, but I'm a performer, and I, um, besides the songwriter, I'm, uh, performing is very important to me. So my focus when I'm performing live is my connection with the audience. So that just carries me out, c carries me away. Uh, it, it, it's healthy. It's healthy for me because i'm just focused on delivering uh the, the lyrics of the songs and the performance and i'm just trying to bounce out the energy between me and the audience and then that occupies me enough what songs from the album are you performing live as now uh the one that came out of the, from the video i uh this ain't the place i want to be mm -hmm. um and uh we're going to be adding more songs as it goes uh there is there are there's another song coming out with on a video and there's another one that's going to be worked with, with, by Frontiers. But uh, it's a very, I feel very good about the album. And if you ask me if I had a favorite song, I, it would be very hard for me to, to answer that question. And, and, and that's because I feel that there's not any fillers or, you know, so um, slowly we're going to incorporate them, you know, and, 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 and the combination of what, uh, the past, the present, and, and the future, so so we can uh, bring all the people for, that that've been all along in the ride with us, and the, the, the old fans and stuff, and also uh, reach some uh, some new people. Because of rock and roll. Well, the right answer, if you're saying favorite song, is "Take Me Higher." Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just saw a video for that literally 20 minutes ago. And, oh wow! And, I, and my hair is still. I'm having to just comb my hair because it's still standing up. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a fantastic song. I actually think it might be the Autographs Best album. Um, I really oh, think it's a really strong album. I, and and of all the songs, emotionally, you know, when I was thinking about Randy, as you do when you're listening to it, uh, feels so good is the one though that emotionally went wild. That the lyrics behind that are uh, they're they're hard hitting in some ways, but I mean they uplift you as well. I just posted those lyrics on my Facebook, Instagram, and uh, and uh, Twitter accounts because uh, I've been every every three days posting. You know, pulling people in, and then and 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 then people start, you know, having a visual. That's it's like when you when you read a book, the difference between reading a book and 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 watching the movie. You know, so you present the lyrics, and they just start, you know, uh, getting familiar with it. And that's just the, the the last one that I did. I did it actually. I I, I put it today, uh, and uh, it's got a really really good reaction. So um, the lyrics very heartfelt, and. Um, and it was it was uh, Randy's favorite album that, that I can tell you, and favorite uh, situation too. Yeah, no, I mean all, it is amazing. So then, you know, tell us about the lyrics and and just like and the songwriting. Is it you that that kind of does most of the lyrics? Then I do all the lyrics pretty much, but we worked on titles together. Something, you know, but basically, uh, th- this was an interesting thing because. Uh, what happened? I, I had three, four songs completed already, and and then Jimmy Bell, like uh, our guitar player, uh, he's a, he he writes great riffs and he writes good music. So he sent me like twenty ideas with, and in within two and a half weeks, I completed them, and then we picked twelve songs. But then Randy comes here, came here, and then we we started using moving towards the arrangement. Of his style, and and Mark was the drummer and, and engineer. He's an engineer with credits. Uh, we recorded at his house, uh, also. So everybody played what they felt. It was a group effort. Songwriting, basically melodies, lyrics coming from me, uh, music coming from Jimmy Bell and and the other guys. Yeah, it's interesting when you when you talk about like when you say like bringing it to Randy, and then and then it kind of shifts to his style, like when you when you say that like does it kind of bring like that autograph feel to it at that point or or like like would you say that when you write the songs are you thinking oh this is just this is just a good song for autograph no that's not how how i write because i i actually this is too this is this is i don't want to say this is not only just something professional but it's a hobby for me i love i love writing so i write different genres what i just happen to you know if we we're going to do a, a an autograph album and and i you know and then i focus on the style and what, what relates to the four members of the band and I, I envision a little bit of how they would feel about parts and then i let them come and figure out their own parts and create their own parts and randy has had a very interesting bass uh, style uh, uh, of playing as he you know he had the bass down super rock and roll and he wrote the notes had a, there was a lot of bottom man all the time and uh it really held uh, the the skeleton of the music and he had a, a right hand uh um, picking on on the on the strings it was very very unique uh so yes uh once he put once he played and he's he played incredibly well and, and and the tone of his bass is awesome uh it's just really just you know it, it it just it's it's like you're molding something you know you have your, your, your you have four hands four i mean i guess eight hands you have eight <laughs> hands in, in the clay and 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 it goes here and it goes here and it goes here and and then you know and then everybody has the same it helps when everybody's in the same page you know, you know which it's usually the case here now, you being a guitarist as well, do you find that that kind of um, brings something different to the music because you're able to add that second guitar to it? Not only that, but I play several instruments. And, and uh, so I, I always think in terms of production, in terms of, uh, yeah, my, the, my guitar playing in, 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 in this band is a huge part of the sound because since we don't have keyboards, because they didn't want keyboards from 2013 when I when I joined in, and I was saying, "Well, it's going to be kind of different without it." But and then we had an idea. It's like I'm going to play the parts that were on keyboards on guitar, and then so uh, most of that, 90% of the parts are there, but they're played on on the guitar, and 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 the sound, and there's a ring to it, and there's a heavier sound and a a a, 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 a deeper feel 
to to that. So it kind of almost like created a little bit of a, another style. I mean, the essence of the music is there. The harmonies are there. The riffs are the big choruses are there, but the the lyrics are more current, obviously, and they're you know uh, it's a different world that it was in the eighties. You know, so. Uh, not i'm not saying good or bad i'm not judging but it, it, you know so you have different ideas you know uh so uh, we we could all relate to to all of it and and it was a in the end a group a, a group effort because it's like we got to a point like where we were we were so we it was so fast and everything was so effortless that i remember us working on a fade out of a song and we were trying to make this super cool like when the song is fading and then you know when you're listening on the headphones and and it's fading and, fading, and there's like this cool bass thing just in the very ending before it just disappears and it's not a, a coincidence it's all it we so we had time to to do these things and that was super fun yeah i mean i guess that's one of the things right now i mean especially coming out of the pandemic and all that i mean is that do you, did you find that you had more time to actually work on the album than than say the last one? No, because we we, we weren't planning on doing an album. I mean, basically, we weren't in this mindset of just uh, releasing singles, because you know the, the the whole record industry is a completely different thing. You know, people, I mean, physical CDs. There's only so many labels and, and genres and people that still do that kind of stuff. You know. Uh, but, you know, so we were like, oh, no, let's, just, let's just put a single at the time, put out, you know, concentrate. But then Frontier Records came out of nowhere and just said, oh, listen, you guys want to make a full album? And we're like, well, twist, our, twist my arm, you know, I mean, it's, that's what we do, you know. So, yeah. So then we, in two and a half weeks, it's just all that, all that creativity and energy. Uh, I'm not going to, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or, or what it was, but it's just really was flowing uh, and and you know and like I said, uh, the best songs are the ones that you don't don't you know you don't fabricate you don't calculate you let them come to you. Of course, you're gonna have to organize the parts, but but they come from a different place. It's like a, a second nature. It's not. It doesn't come from thinking really. Yeah, we've heard that uh, a lot actually about about how music and I and I do think that it's true. Like that, it just the music just flowing and you just kind of capture it in the moment. And that's like, have you ever like taken a piece of paper and, uh, and a pen and start randomly writing stuff that doesn't make any sense without judging and not stopping the, 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 the cue of the game is not to stop. So you're going to write a whole page of crazy words and things that don't make any sense. But out of one of those things, it could be something super cool because it's coming from your subconscious. And uh, uh, um, since you're not thinking about it, it's coming from your, from your subconscious and your subconscious holds the key to, to all creativity. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, it's, it's amazing how it works, really. And, and I mean, you know, music especially, like, and, it's, and it's what we love about music and it's why we're always drawn to it is that there's something for everybody. And that's why I, lo- I do love the fact that you're able to keep autograph going so that we can hear the classics, but so that you can kind of continue doing it the way that, the way that you feel like autograph, you know, needs to evolve. Absolutely. And that can be a double-edged sword sometimes, but it doesn't matter because we're here to expand. So, um, you know, there could be people that are, you know, attached so attached to sounds and things from, from that era that they just feel sometimes a little uncomfortable. It's not exactly that or whatever. But if you think about it realistically, nothing is what they were, what it was 30 years ago. You know, uh, three members of this band, they, they, they died. You know, and, and we, we're carrying it on. Uh, uh, it's, it's a style of music that's melodic rock and it's got balls behind the, the, the melodies. We just put a little more balls. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the essence, like I said, it's, it's all there. And, uh, it's, and, and the songwriting is really, you know, a form of channeling. It's, uh, you know, you're, like I said, it comes, the, the things they come and then, it's like when you have an idea in the middle of the night or where you see a sign on the street or or you hear somebody saying something it comes from these things like really and this is really cool so that harder edge that the album has then it doesn't sound like it was so much a conscious thing as an unconscious thing and that's just kind of the music as it evolved 
Yeah, but maybe like we we can see that the unconscious uh, flow of it is to be to be harder. Uh, maybe if we try to make it softer, then it, then I could start seeing it was calculated. It's, so there was really not any thinking, and then it, it's just we are more. Uh, we're just uh, we're just more into hard rock, you know. Uh, uh, into heavier stuff, especially the music. You know, the, if you have the melodies and, and the vocals and all this, but when you have a really strong sound behind everything, it, it's, it's just it, it just modernizes everything. It's just, but you can you still play the old songs and they sound just exactly like they used to. All the people can sing along. And the, all, like I said, all the harmonies are there. All the it's just especially live. You feel it. If you're watching the band, you feel the kick drum, you feel the guitars really cutting. And, you know, uh, and, and that is some, something super cool because it's, it's exciting. Uh, so I'm not willing to compromise on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, when, when you are playing the classic songs, are you, playing, are you playing the keyboard parts with the guitar in that case? Or are you playing the keyboard where it would be? No, we don't. We don't. Use, we don't use keyboards, even though, even though the, in the new in the new record, uh, uh, "Take Me Higher," uh, I did a version with piano, mm. just piano, and and that's going to eventually somehow they want to do something with that. It's not going to be the first version, but but no, we I played I play everything on the guitar. Most of the parts that were uh, on keyboards, I just play them on the guitar. And keep in mind, the keyboards in 1985. Are not what they what they are now. I mean, you know, they're, uh, they were very, very Casio sounding, very sort sort of like kinky, you know, like almost like fake piano, electric piano kind of oh, thing. Oh yeah, it's you know, so you, you cannot even compare. You can play the same notes, the same arrangement, the same chords. You played it with a guitar with a cool sound. The parts are there, and all of a sudden, the thing just took a, the shape of a monster. And that's what happens live. Do you ever compose on the piano or do you compose solely on, on the guitar? I compose on anything. I compose, I have composed on the drums. I compose on the keyboards, I compose on anything, just melodies. I, of course, at back, of, you know, a decade ago, we didn't have these phones, the, the iPhone, I mean, a decade ago, maybe 20 years ago, I used to carry a little tape recorder. It was a micro cassette. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, uh, yeah. you could, I used to, you know, and every time something came up, an idea, a title or a melody, I just was sure that I, I, I captured it the whole day. Yeah, it's funny that, uh, that, you know, you just kind of needed those those things, I think, in those moments. You must have a big stash of ideas just ready to come out. I do. I do have. Actually, I actually have over 200 songs completed and recorded that were never released. Uh, you know, I'm like I said, I, this is what I do. I'm a songwriter. Uh, when you're when you're when you when you write songs, you 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 know because something influences you. You know, you're not going to say, "Well, I'm not going to write this," or "I'm going to stop now because this is not that genre," or whatever. You just if it feels good, you you complete it and and you just you know arch, archive it and just keep it. We know a lot of people that during the pandemic, they they uh, went through a lot of their old archives of songs and that type of thing and put out albums of the best of it. And were you doing that during the pandemic at all? No, I, I didn't do that because, um, the, I mean, there was everything was pretty shut down uh, to me. I didn't have really, not to me only, but in general, I mean, I, I didn't have really a vehicle to to release things. And people's minds were were somewhere else you know it was it was including mine it's this is you know we all know what this is it's, our parents did never ex experience this our grandparents never experienced that we didn't we didn't even understand what the hell that was until later you know so it was a very confusing time and uh, uh, you know and and just to sort of like grasp on that you know i just try to keep healthy and to exercise and go go out in nature a lot and 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 uh, not ever watch TV, especially the news. <laughs> is yeah. there an environment which you find is uh, most conductive to songwriting, to to being open to the sounds? No, because every environment is valid. 
the because everything everything can be a song. So whether you're annoyed in an elevator with three people not smelling well, good, you know, or 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 you are, you know, in the beach looking at the beauty, something can inspire you. And so I don't take anything for granted. And I couldn't really. Uh, I, the only thing I could say is that if, of course, if you're in, if you're in nature, there's more of a bliss. There's more of a, a maybe a lack of distraction where you can hear things in your head uh, and not be, you know, the, distracted by voices or noises or whatever. But who's to say? You know, sometimes these voices and noises are there. There are the things that 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 give you an idea. So it's all good. And one of the things I was reading about in a previous interview was that you just, at one point, you just kind of bought a whole bunch of instruments and just kind of packed yourself away and taught yourself how to play them. Um, mm -hmm. I guess, like, how difficult was that for you? And, and like, and how important is that to you now that you can record these songs, like you can have these ideas and then you can put all the instruments down on them? Well, it's, it's something I did out of love and passion at the time. I was signed to Interscope in, in the mid-90s with a band called Flood. And I noticed, you know, I, I, I knew that the music business is very uncertain. And I, and I, I was like, you know what? I, I want to, you know, really push myself and see what kind of skills I can develop. So I just bought, these, brought, bought all these instruments, took it to my house and, had, and, and locked myself in for about eight to nine months. But it wasn't like planned. It was pleasure. It was pleasant to do it, and I would look forward to it. And I would be jamming to Prince, and I'd be jamming to, to you know, uh, Black Sabbath, and all kinds of different things that have nothing really necessarily in common. I would be moving to the, from the piano to the to the guitar to the bass, and then I then I started learning how to record. And I, I had a little too much time in my hands because this record was being postponed for too long. So, uh, of course, this all counts a lot and I, and when when we and then we had the record mix we was mixed by terry date which is a huge producer you know he's got he's uh, uh i was just watching what he was doing like a hawk you know so i learned uh a lot about stereo panning about recording about uh, production and, and but but about songwriting uh yeah you, you can hear instruments in your head you can try i have written a couple of songs out of just a drum loop you know and uh who knows you know yeah absolutely it makes a big difference because you're you're connected to music all day it's that's all that's what i did you know that's what i do i'm i, I am a musician 24 7 yeah it, it's it's fascinating because i mean knowing knowing you know the history with jailhouse and then and then reading you know about flood and stuff like that is it good for you now to have sort of a, a band situation that i would call like a little more stable and you kind of know where it's where it's at and where it can go. Well, since 2013, so yes, it's, it's been nine years. You know, yes, it is very good, especially because uh, it, it, I I was you know uh, a, a, a little jaded about bands, uh, you know, uh, because of my previous experiences before. Kenny Richards, with the original drummer from Autograph, called me to, to recruiting me, and. And then when I met uh, the other guys, it's like I immediately had a connection with Randy. And so it kind of like became a band of brothers for, for, for a pretty good four years. It was like one for one, all for one and one for all. And I never really had experienced that kind of vibe in brotherhood. And, and it just made everything so much more fun. Uh, but I came from a school where I was kind of fed up with with bands because there's so much so much conflict. You know, the jailhouse situation was cool, but you know it, it ran its course. Um, it, it runs its course. I mean, it's hard to be it's hard to be married to one person. And imagine me being married to three or four of them. I mean, it's it's difficult. You know, Some, if it's too if it becomes too hard, then then something's not right. What is but your it, favorite uh, What's your favorite autograph song to perform? Well, obviously, I can't deny that when we play Turn Up the Radio, uh, <laughs> there is a, a crowd reaction that is overwhelming. And so, you know, but I can't say that that is the song that I enjoy the most playing, but it's obviously the, 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 what happens when we play that song. Uh, you know, but that's something we don't, we don't even have to sing the choruses. 
we sometimes don't hear ourselves singing the choruses because because the audience is singing so loud, you know. Uh, so in that, you know, speaking about like a, a moment, but if I was to say musically, uh, we do have a song called You Are Us, We Are You that I really, really dig playing live. And then that was in our, our previous record, Get Off Your Ass, came out in 2017 and charted number 21 on Billboard on the hard rock sales. And this song was part of, was one of the singles. Uh, and uh, it's a song where we're basically appreciating the audience for receiving us back. And, uh, uh, and but it's, it's just super rock and roll and super, you know, it's just a lot of build up and a lot, a lot of, you know, uh, it's 70s influenced the, uh, uh, but with a modern uh, production sound. And I really like playing that song and the vocals in the chorus and everything. Would you call yourself now kind of the de facto um, band leader of Autograph at this point, I guess? No, because I don't know. Because I, I always try to stay away from like labels or, or, or names because it's sort of, sort of you know, sometimes it limits you. Sometimes it, it, it puts a boundary between you and other people. I, I think that at, at this point, it's like it fell in my lap, on my lap, because I didn't ask for anything. I'm just, what happened is I, when I joined the band in 2013, uh, the three original members invited me uh, to, they recruited me. It was, there was no audition. There was nothing. We just went there and started playing and just boom, you know. And then, there, and then the, 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 the two other guys, uh, Steve Lynch and, and Randy Rand, they, 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 they saw that there was a problem with Kenny. Kenny had a substance problem and, uh, and he had the back problems. He couldn't really play and he didn't have, he, he was kind of like dysfunctional and unreliable. And they said to me, look, he's, he's crazier than he was in the 80s and you know, we can't do this. And, I, and, and so that was kind of a, you know, a, a bump on the road. And, and then we got Mark in the band which is the guy that I'm saying that he's a recording engineer and stuff. He's a little bit, young, bit younger and stuff. And this guy's super sharp. So we were like on uh, for, for a pretty good six years. It was a, a band of brothers, a, a 25% of all decision-making. Uh, everybody had the same thing. And then, you know, and then in, 20, in 2019, Steve Lynch decided to leave because he wanted to pursue a, uh, what he called a more mature instrumental style of music. And he also had a girlfriend that he wanted to do something with her. He just decided to leave. And, and Brandy wanted, he's like, I love the band. We, you know, let's carry on. So we got Jamie, which is from the House of Lords. And now we have an all-star band because, you know, so to answer your question, in terms of autograph, because of what happened to the circumstances, I, I am kind of being... Uh, you know, referred as, I don't want to say a leader, but somebody that, because I'm the one that has been in the band now the, the longest for this formation. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, I assume that you intend to kind of keep the band going on afterwards and you, and you have all the permission to do that. Well, we have the rights, um, the, the, you know, we, uh, this is one thing I know how to do business-wise, you know, uh, this is a band that, you know, you got to understand, especially at that time, guys that are 20 years old or whatever in the 80s, they don't think about things, you know, so they don't take care of what the things that they have to do, you know. Uh, Brandy, uh, being being in a band, always, he always said, look, you know, I've, uh, I, I'm, you know, we, we can't do anything. And the way the whole thing started is your original singer said to us, well, I don't want to do this because he was approached before me. It was not like they came to me. He, they wanted to, of course, try to reunite all the original members. And uh, so they went to him, but he, you know, he said, I don't want to do this. I'm too, you know, I'm too tired. I, I make a lot of money with this other thing, which he does. And he's like 72 you know, and uh, Randy was 71 right now. Everybody was up there and couldn't, you know, it, you, it for touring like this takes a lot of energy. And so some people don't want to do it anymore. So then they came to me. So like I said, everybody came to me. It's like I didn't go anywhere. They just came to me and I kept carrying on. And then one guy passed away. The other one left in 2019. And then this uh, tragic thing now happened to Randy. So I, so I'm, I, I'm in this situation and I am not going to stop 
because I put a lot of effort into this. I love the music. I love the records that we've done. And uh, the proof is in the pudding. When we play live, we make a lot of people dancing and happy and with their hands up in the air and taking their their bras off. And that's what it's all about. <laughs> you know, that's, I'm not going to turn that down. No, no, no. I think the integrity of the... No, excuse me. This is my life. I'm going to have a good time. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, well, no, that, that's, I, and you have to be like this because you know you got to respect yourself; otherwise, nobody respects you. You know, I mean, it's it, it, not for that reason, but you know, it's it's you know, it's just, you can only you can only give other people joy if you're feeling the joy; otherwise, you don't have it. So there are you know there are principles and theories that this and that you know this guy. What can I do right now? I mean, I've been in this band for for almost a decade. Uh, participated of oh, this is our third re- album now that we're doing with this lineup and everything was was under the original members of the band under under their control under their supervision until they all of a sudden started dropping out mm-hmm. well, it's got to be a great feeling to know knowing that you're bringing joy to people I mean I think that there's a lot of people in the world who they, if, if that could be their daily thing that they were able to make other people happy nothing better than that absolutely yeah. because because but the, the, the for the people to really feel joy they, they have to feel that you are having the joy that's you know it's got to be it's got to you know it's got to translate from you you know so uh it's like it's really not I mean, it's wonderful, you know, to go and play in front of 5,000. We played at the Mohegan Sun Arena for 12,000 people. And, wow. and, we, and we had everybody on their feet in the last two songs. You know, uh, I mean, that's pretty big, you know, and uh, um, it doesn't get any better than that. I have a picture of us, you know, uh, with the audience behind us and with us, you know, that, that typical thing of the band looking at the camera with the audience behind us. It looks humongous. It looks like a Madison Square Garden. You know, and uh, no, I didn't see anybody unhappy there. They're all standing up with their hair, with their hands up. Yeah, well, and that's the way it's supposed to be at a rock and roll show. You're supposed to get into it, but but that's right. You can't you can't fake being interested. I mean, because when you do, then like you say, the audience just loses the, that they connection. See, they see they see through it, and 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 and, and you got to, to to maintain the connection. You know, they, it's, in other words, they are part of the band. That's the way we look at it. They are part of they are part of the event. It's not like there's a band here playing and some people watch. It's it's the whole thing is one. Now, when you started out, like, and I mean, you talk about your connection with the audience and having that. When you started out, like, was that kind of a natural thing for you as a singer, or was it something that you kind of had to work on for a while? Very good question. It was not natural to me. I was, uh, you know, I was very insecure, uh, of course. And, and it's not something that I had to work, but it was more something that I just took interest in observing how other people did it and then how, you know, how they were able to maintain the contact with, like, if you're playing for a large audience, you make sure that everybody's involved you look at all, all the angles, you, you make sure you're trying to make eye contact with every single person throughout the show. Of course, you're not going to achieve that sometimes, but you try, you know, and, and, and they, they feel it, you know. And, and so it's not like the word work on it. It's, I would say it's everything that I do, I feel joy by doing it. So, yes, I, could, I, I was able to, to come out of the shell and, 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 you know, and, and, and really enjoy the connection. And the more you, the more you get it, the more you become better at it. And then it gets to a point where you're, we're just walking on the stage and you're talking to, to the people like if they were in, in your living room, in your house, and then everybody feels super comfortable. And, and that is the real deal. Was it a big transition shifting from like performing in Brazil and then to performing on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood? Absolutely, because when I was there, I mean, I moved here when I was 23. Uh, so I, I got a degree in business, I'm a bachelor of business back then when I was 20, but I was already a musician. I was signed to Warner Brothers into Columbia, and we, we had a couple of songs in you know, soap operas that they have there. 
very limited market at that time. And it's not so much like this now, but at that time, you just couldn't get out to the world coming from, from one of those places. And I, I come from a family from Europe, uh, and I grew up speaking different languages, so I already have traveled a lot. And um, But yes, absolutely, when you move to, to Hollywood and you, and you see the importance that people, especially at that time, were giving to the fact that you're you play guitar or you're a musician or it's like a big it was a big i mean it's to a certain degree it still is but not so much but at that in 1985 it was a big deal to be in a band you'd walk in a restaurant with three guys you know dressed in black or whatever with long hair it was like you were the beatles you know <laughs> because the, because there wasn't it was still kind of believe it or not new compared to now you know, now it's everybody have recording studios in their houses, you know, so uh, it, it's just not so unique as, as it was. So and then coming from Brazil, they didn't have any of that stuff there because they their the culture. It's a very nice culture, but the music, they have their own music, which is really good music, Brazilian music. But it's it's very acoustic and it's it's very different. And there's no. Uh, you know, there's no rock stardom and, and charisma. It's more like musicians sitting and playing together. And, and, and so when you come here and you see the, you know, the projection that this whole thing is of playing on the arena and, and all the, all the sound and the lights and, and the, the, you know, and the stage uh, performance and, and, you know, and letting yourself go. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's, it's more important to actually, perform enthusiastically and and euphorically for the audience then playing all the notes right it is because they 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 are there to 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 be led they're there to have a good time it's only you if you get paranoid with with certain things that, that they'll, they'll pick up on it and then sometimes you're in a band where there are guys like that you know and sometimes you were a guy like this in the beginning, too. Do you remember your first night of visiting the Sunset Strip? Yeah, and then, you know, unfortunately, I was living here for six months and didn't even know about it. I was living, <laughs> in, the, I was living in the valley. And I'm like, well, yeah, the valley. it's like, where is everybody? Where is the boys? And then a guy said, well, I'm going to take you to a place tonight. And then, and then I went there and like, okay, well, I found what I was looking for because, it, you know, it's just that it was a, a place you could just park the car and walk by foot and, and go to the Roxy, go to see three bands, go to walk to the Whiskey, see another three bands, walk to the Gazaris or whatever that thing became later. You could have a drink at the Rainbow. Uh, there's girls everywhere. There was everybody half naked and uh, bands passing out flyers. It was all about, there, there was so much competition. It was a healthy competition. All the bands wanted to make it. Everybody was super. I was enthusiasm. There was, I've never experienced anything like this. I'd, I'd be counting the, 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 the hours to, for, for the weekends to come. And then it became to a point in, in LA where you had something to do every night starting on, on Monday. You had on Monday, you had a thing at the Whiskey. On Tuesday, you had the Cat House from Ricky Rackman. On Wednesday, you had the Bordellos. On Thursday, you had, there were places to go every night of the week to rock, see bands uh connect with people and have a good time yeah that's incredible you know i i i i miss that i didn't get that experience as the you know I've, i go back and like a, one thing i wish i could have done in my life i wish i could have experienced the sunset strip in the mid 80s there because that's that seems that's my era well and you think at that when when you're experiencing that you think that that's never going to end for some reason, because it, you know, it was every all every week and every day, and it was for years. You know, it was for, from from the early '80s to the uh, when the grunge started. Is when this, the whole thing started fading. That that kind of whole scene. But we're talking a pretty good decade here of craziness. You know, mm-hmm. before that, uh, and it's every day, every weekend. The big, the biggest preoccupation everybody. Had, I mean, this was this was so. This, especially Los Angeles was. Everybody had so much money and uh, and 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 resources, and everybody had. There was no. Everybody was well. Everybody they, they had money to party. They had money to go out. It's the eighties, 
you know, so it was very self-indulgence and, and, you know, a lot of rock and roll goes right along with that. You know, it's funny because I, I look at that time in that era and I think it, it feels so innocent in a way. I know there's a bunch of debauchery going on everywhere, but there mm-hmm. seems like there's an innocence to it that, that we have lost. Yes, because when you're concerned during the day is what party you're going that night. That's a different kind of life than how am I going to pay my mortgage? Yeah, yeah. And that is exactly what that was. Plus, people didn't really care. I mean, you just go to a house and you just, you know, every, you know, you just stay. People are on the floor sleeping until, you know, some. It's just also you're you're a lot young. I was, you know, when you're 23, 24, you know, you're you're willing to do all these things, and it doesn't matter, you know. Uh, so, yeah, but I did really think that it was always going to be like that, and it did, and it, and it, and it, and it was not. So. I, when I go to the Sunset Strip, that's why I was saying before, uh, I have all these memories and these flashbacks of things that happened there at the Rainbow and all the, they were just historically crazy and it's so tamed right now. It's just the street and there's no, that, that movement doesn't exist anymore. There's, there's pictures on the walls, but, you know, of things, but but the movement itself doesn't exist. Do you have a favorite um, memory from the strip back then? Uh, trying to remember if I can point one. So many. Uh, well, one of the cool things is like Jailhouse did a, a, a live album at the Roxy. And it was released by Restless Records and had Ricky Rackman introduce us. And was recorded live with a, with a, at that time, there was a truck with a recording studio, uh, with a real um, um, analog, and uh, so that was just very, you know, there was a lot of promotion publicity for that, and and then we did a super cool album cover, which at that time was was kind of like uh, uh, leading edge because it was a picture we took, and they made us look like ghosts, so you could see through us. At that era, that was kind of like wow, you know. And I know now it's nothing, but it's it, it's but uh, and and it was done with analog camera, which means he would take he would click the picture, the picture would would be be taken for about twenty seconds. So part of you would be in it, and part of you, and then you'd move out. Very interesting. Do you uh, still keep in touch with Dave at all, Dave? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, uh, we were friends on Facebook and stuff. I mean, I, I, he, he, he moved to, I think he moved to, he left LA with his girlfriend uh, about three years ago and, and, and went to, was it uh, Georgia maybe? I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. I can't remember because we've talked to, to him a couple of times. So yeah, it's always interesting to, you know, to kind of continue along the family tree, so to speak of the bands that, uh, that were all meshed together there. Yeah, when then yes, I I know I know all, what all the guys are doing and kind of pretty much where they're living and and we call each other for for our birthdays and things like this, you know. Some there was a time where we hang out. There are times where we see each other more, but uh, of course, since the pandemic, just everything just went to a different direction. What do you think the future of rock and roll is? Um, well, for a person that likes to take a day at the time as much as possible. Um, I, I think that people call rock and roll other styles of music these days. And I think what you're referring to is the rock and roll that we, that we listen to. And uh, I think that um, right now there's a, there's a, it's really a minority of, of people that are connected. It's, it's a big difference is when I moved here, the mainstream music, was rock and roll was heavy metal you would put in the a kiss fm or you put it uh, there was pop you know but there was but but heavy metal and rock were as big on mtv so it was you know it was it was the thing to listen to the thing to buy the record sold millions you know and now we're at a place where there's other genres of music that are bigger than than rock and roll and uh um but it could always, you know, this could always be somebody that, that 
writes a song or something that appeals. Um, most of the people go, of course, they go back to the old albums and, and whatever was in the 80s and the 70s uh, because there's not that much of that kind of... I mean, when you have a band like Red of Van Fleet, okay, which is those guys kind of sound like Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a whole structure behind them. And, but if they were not that age, uh, that wouldn't fly. So there's, you know, there's other elements, but the music, I like the music, you know, I know it sounds very much like something else, but it doesn't matter. I enjoy it for, for the, for the young kids. When you hear a kid saying, well, you know, I just, I just saw an interview with this guy, but never heard of him, Robert Plant. He is ripping off this Greta Van Flea band. You know, <laughs> what the hell is that? You know, this is not, you know, they got to know that. And like, dude, you have no idea what you're saying. And that, that's how it is. That's what they think. I mean, uh, Mick Jagger's uh, grand, grandchildren go to school and nobody knows who he is. <laughs> my, my, my grandfather is with Mick Jagger. Who? What? <laughs> Justin, Justin, Justin Bieber? What? You know, it's like that. You know, everything has, but you can, that's another thing that I like to do. What I'm doing is that I, it, 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 it keeps it alive. You know, it brings it to, I have kids, uh, I have multiple, multiple generations coming to the shows. You know, there's two, two, sometimes three generations. I mean, mainly two generations, just all the people that are this age and then they bring their kids and the kids, oh my God, this guy really plays guitar. It's not like <laughs> that, game, that video game that you just push a button and everything is played for you, you know? And so, so there's, a, you see there the wonder and then, and then discovering the things just like you did in the beginning. It's just bizarre that is, that is just uh, 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 seldom. Yeah, I think that's really important that you get those, uh, the different generations, because, you know, I mean, I think that the thing is coming up and, you know, your generation, there's people that inspired you. And I worry, that's where I worry is that who's going to inspire the next generation, you know, and, uh, but maybe that's just me being old. Um, nope. Well, who's going to inspire? I mean, we're in a world where you have pretty much access to anything. You know, you don't have to, back then you have to go to a library and stuff. And you have, you just Google stuff and go to YouTube and you have everything in the palm of your hands. And that's also a double-edged sword because, uh, uh, you know, in one hand you have the freedom to go everywhere. On the other hand, you don't, you don't have a way to concentrate the promotion and, and, and uh, how do you create a new star these days? How do you do that? There's not a route anymore. No, there, sure. there just there, there isn't one. You, you know what you have to do? Your best bet to, to, be, to, to become something is to go to one of those, uh, 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 The Voice or American Idol or something. Like that. That's what it is, be, which is nothing but a record company that, or, or, or a system or corporation that's basically testing the artist in front of the audience before they spend money. And rarely do those seem sustainable at the end. I mean, we don't, it's not like, it's not like we remember the names of those people per se. Whereas, I mean, that's the impressive thing. I mean, autograph, we're talking 40 years. I mean, that's, that's a long time to, for people to know the songs. Yeah. But, and then to keep in mind that the, the, out of the 40 years, there were 20 that nothing happened. I mean, uh, yeah. they disbanded in 1989. And it's unlike these other bands that keep playing, kept playing like, uh, what, like Kick Slaughter, uh, Queens Reich, uh, you know, these other bands, sort of like from the same time. This band here just completely, you know, stopped until 2013. And then when he, re- when he, when he, when he came back, it was a big deal because of that reason. But it was also, so there was difficulties for, because we had to build again, and especially without original, like there, there was already two original members that passed away. And uh, I just went along with, with what the other guys were doing. And, and Brandy was like an older brother, and he taught me a lot of stuff. Uh, and like I said, uh, I just went the course. And four months ago, I find myself now in this band, in this situation, and they're gone. You have so, the great new album to... Uh you know, to cement the legacy uh, of the That's band. very important. Very important because uh, c- the quality of music is something that is, is, you know, is 
this is about music you know i mean you can you, you can do it show business is cool but you know if, in music music is the songs are are really what are important and uh so if you have a a record loaded with good songs that's you have very strong ammunition uh you know i i don't really know what can come out of that i mean i i i i, I believe that we have three or four songs that could be hits in there but but what can be a hit in this world and how it's created these days, it's not, it's, there is no, it's, uh, there is no route, you know? So you really got to go with your faith and believe that, that you're going to touch people with what you're doing and how or where, when it's going to happen. Shouldn't matter. You should just got to trust it. Yeah, and you should trust the songs. It's a great collection of songs. And, and, you know, I, I mean, I think uh, as soon as you perform them, you perform them confidently, people are going to start singing along. They're going to love them. Well, mo most of the songs we've been, you know, the, the, our set is an hour and 15 minutes sometimes. People don't yeah. know our songs. I mean, the, the, the autograph is not like, like it had like five or six huge hits. I mean, it had like one huge hit and two other songs were semi-known. Uh, well, what are you going to do besides that? You have to keep the audience entertained for another 45 minutes. So you better be good and you better play songs that are good enough that, you, that people can hear sometimes for the first time and that they're moved by it, by your performance. And this is something that we always had uh, because we always have the attention of the audience full on. And uh, the songs are uh, catchy. Like I said, the, the, the choruses are strong. There's a lot of sing-alongs and stuff. But, uh, but these are not songs. It's not like you go to a foreigner show or, or, or whatever you want, to, a queen show or whatever, and you know all the songs. It's not like that. You need, they know one song or two songs. You got to keep them going until you have another hit. You know? and, and they had that hit at that time. And, and that's, that is not enough. To, to keep people on, on their feet for an hour and 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you did this album, like when you do any new album, do you kind of think about the last album? Do you try to top it or do you just try to get the best songs and trust the process, so to speak? I don't think about these things. I basically, I, I, I am more of a gut guy and uh, the brain sometimes and formulas and, the thinking interferes on things. And um, of course, theoretically speaking, I could say, of course, I want to top. I, I believe we're topping for sure. We're topping our last album for sure. Sound wise and songwriting wise, but it's not because, you know, we set a goal or we tried or we, we sweat or we had 50 songs that we, we really agonized, you know, it's just, it just happened to happen. And it was, it could have, you know, there are bands that put records that the, the, the next record is, is worse <laughs> than, the, than the record before. And there's nothing they can do about it. It's, this is, this is creativity. This is art. And uh, there is, of course, the whole business side of it, but, but it starts with you, you know? And um, I think if you keep your focus on what moves you, uh, if you, if you, things make you feel things, emotions, especially, you know, and not, not necessarily good or bad, you know, but people relate to emotions and, uh, uh, that's how that is, should be, in my opinion, the priority and you build, you build around that, but never forget that when you're trying to touch people's hearts one way or another, because you're not just, I'm going to write a rock album just to become famous or to have a lot of radio airplay or to make much, you don't, you, you, you that doesn't work you know you can write jingles i've done i've done it before you can see we have a formula the commercial said we want this that's okay and i respect people who do that they're the staff writers but but to be in a longevity real band look at look at queen how many styles they they they, they went through they, they, they crossed over four or five markets i mean this that's a real band the beatles it's you had you had a uh a spectrum of music that was unbelievable. So I, I don't believe that they, they is that they thought that much. It's just once again, it's try to find inspiration in life. You know, that's my opinion. Oh, for sure. I mean, and that's absolutely right. And I, and I think, but that's the just the great thing. I mean, I think that we are lucky that that 
you can keep playing the songs, but that but that you continue to have that inspiration so that so that the music can continue to live on in that case. And the, the music living on is really a consequence of that because uh, the, the, the engine is the joy. You can't, you can't, the joy is, is what makes you wake up early in the morning, is what makes you sacrifice, what makes you invest money. It's what makes you do things that other people wouldn't do that because it's, because it's the, it's the joy, you know? And, and, and so, so it's uh, very important to, to have joy and because the joy will, will give you inspiration. Well, that's awesome. Well, Simon, we've appreciated uh, talking with you, and we want to give you the chance to uh, to tell everybody where they can find the new album, how they can keep up with you, and how they can keep up with Autograph. Well, thank you very much for having me. Feel free to reach out anytime, and uh, um, you go to uh, people can go to autographband.net. That's a one a one stop where we have all links to Twitter. Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, we have the new album can be pre-ordered on the, on the homepage of this website. Uh, and we have our tour schedule and, and the news. So it's autographband.net. Uh, go get the, the album, pre-order it because it's, you know, you, you, you have something that you can listen without having to skip and forward and, and rewind and stuff like this. this is it, you can put it on and just, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. That's right. And that's the, that's the way that this thing should be listened to. You know, it shouldn't just be singles. You should give it a, a chance, you know, from beginning to end because it's, because it's worthy. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, also we, we do have shows coming up. Uh, we have a show in two weeks in Oroville, which is in Sac- near Sacramento with, with, with the quiet riot in the, uh, Feather Feather Falls Casino. So that's going to be a long set, like an hour and fifteen minutes set. So it's going to be really cool. Only two bands, uh, and then we're playing at the Whiskey in Hollywood, which is very rare because we we play most of the time. We don't play in California, you know, uh, because the style of music in the in the East Coast and the West Coast are are very cutting edge, you know. So that this kind of music it's more well received in the in the in the Midwest and, and those kind of things in the United States and. Uh, other places in Europe and so on, but uh, we have the show at the Whiskey on the at the Sunset Strip, uh, and um, and then we have uh, uh, in the beginning in January doing Key West in Florida, with wonderful festival, and then we have cruises and and you know and, and other things that, to look forward to, so just really stay tuned. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for being on the show and we wish you nothing but the best in the future. And we do look forward to, uh, to more autograph as well. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a great day. Thank, thank you. You, you too. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs>